0: Welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church, where we are convincing the unconvinced to be convinced and make disciples as we connect, lift, and inspire you. I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist, and we are so excited to have you connect with us in our Power Pack TNT study experience. You can engage with our Digi Ministers via the chat space in each of our online worship platforms. Let's study and grow together as Dr. Robert Scott, our pastor, takes us deeper into the work. And be sure to stay tuned after study for more information on what's happening with St. Paul. All right.
1: Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, We want to welcome you as far as uh, Bible study is concerned. And this will be the uh, last Bible study that we will have until September. Uh, I wanted to kind of give you all a preview of what we're going to be dealing with in the uh, weeks to come. as far as when we'll start back up in September. And I want to be intentional as far as kind of laying some of the groundwork on what's going to be taking place during that particular time. Um, we're going to start a study on the uh, letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Um, and in order to really appreciate, the letter that Church wrote, that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, uh, you have to have an appreciation for that particular city, as well as um, Acts chapter 16. And I want to do some preliminary work and some preliminary unpacking as far as that's concerned. So we'll be looking at several different passages of Scripture. As far as our time together today is concerned, and I'm going to ask that you will uh, turn with me as far as those passages of scripture are concerned. But before we get started, I'm going to ask if we could, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that the Lord will do for us as far as our time together is concerned. Gracious and eternal God, we come, and before we ask you for anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, how you've allowed for us to come together and be able to study your word. And we pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit that you will be in our midst. Show yourself mighty, O God, and show yourself strong. Have your way, O God, in the midst of this gathering, and we will bless your name for that. Now, God, as we come and we prepare to get a sneak peek, a prelude to the letter that church that paul wrote to the church at uh, philippi we pray right now god that you will um, empower those who are hearing uh, this lesson to be able to apply what we glean and gain from this time together have your way oh god give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say and we'll bless your name for that it's in the name of your son jesus the christ we pray amen 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 <clears throat> so let's get ready to uh, have some conversation I want you to um, if you wouldn't mind turn with me to Acts chapter 16 Acts chapter 16 and we're going to kind of skip around between uh, in the, the book of Acts uh, because this really gives us a prelude to why Paul wound up at Philippi and of course um the work and the ministry that he did there as far as that particular work is concerned. So, what is Philippi? Philippi, first of all, was a city in eastern Macedonia. It was named after Philip II, who was the father of Alexander the Great. Uh, It was a Roman colony after Mark Anthony and Caesar Augustus combined forces to um, defeat uh, Brutus and Cassius who were the assassins of Julius Caesar at Philippi and so it was grafted into the Roman Empire and with it being grafted into the Roman Empire the Philippians basically had the rights and privileges of those who lived in the cities of Italy so being a Part of the Roman Empire gave them the right to really be considered citizens as far as the Roman Empire is concerned. All of that took place really back during uh, uh, like 40-something B.C. We're now uh, at a point where Paul is making a missionary journey to uh, this place, called philippi and this is in um almost 50 a.d so there has been uh, a lot of time has passed jesus christ has died um he's been resurrected he has ascended to the father all of that took place uh considerably around 29 a.d so it's almost 20 years after jesus's uh ascension and resurrection paul is doing some real grunt work as far as sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, as far as sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Acts chapter um, 16 really kind of gives us insight into Paul's journey to Philippi. It gives us insight into Paul's journey to Philippi. And, And this is considered to be Paul's second missionary journey, uh, but it's his first trip as a Christian to Philippi, all right? So, when you look at chapter 16 of Acts, there are some wonderful things that have taken place as far as that is concerned. So, what I want to do is, I want to call your attention, if I could, to Acts chapter 16, and let's look at verse 6 and we will read through verse 10 Acts chapter 16 starting at verse 6 reading through verse 10 and I want you to um, I'm not going to have you to circle a whole lot of words this is kind of background information so that when we come back uh, in September we're going to start plowing through the letter to the church at Philippi so here's what's happened now, they had gone from Phrygia and the region of Galatia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They had come to Mysia. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul... In the night, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, immediately after he'd seen the vision, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right? So watch this. So according to Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, Paul, as well as those that were traveling with Paul, had wanted to go to two different places. Um, they had wanted to go to Bithynia. Uh, they had tried to go down to Mysia. Ma- uh, but what wound up happening was that in their route to Bithynia, the Holy Spirit did not want them to preach the word in Asia. Isn't that something that the Holy Spirit forbidded them to go to Asia, particularly to an area known as Bithynia, all right? So, Paul and those that traveled with Paul listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. They listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. They held their ground, and in uh, holding their ground, uh, they went to a place called Troas, In Troas, Paul is exposed to a vision with a man from Macedonia. Remember, um, Philippi is a city in eastern Macedonia. A man from Macedonia pleaded with Paul in the vision, said, come over to help us. And immediately they went to Macedonia believing that the Lord had wanted them to preach the gospel in Macedonia. So, That little information right there becomes the germination or the little seed that is planted that starts the church at Philippi. All right. This starts the church at Philippi. So watch this. So after this vision, Paul set sail for Europe. And it's at Philippi that Paul found the first Christian congregation on European soil. All right. Paul preached the gospel in Europe at Philippi. So when Paul and those that were traveling with Paul arrived to Philippi, God had prepared the souls of the inhabitants to hear and to receive the gospel. However, they had some interesting challenges in Philippi uh, before revival wound up taking place in the lives of those men and women to whom the gospel was being preached. So let's, let's look at unpacking this. Let's look at unpacking this. And if we could, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 16. Let's look at starting reading at verse 11, and we will read through verse 15. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. We sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. Now, I do want you to underline this. Underline this. A certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul, And when she and her household was baptized, highlight verse 15. She begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Highlight verse 15. Okay. Now, remember, isn't it interesting to note that in a vision, Paul sees a man. But his first encounter as far as the sharing of the gospel and the receipt of the gospel is from a woman named Lydia. Let me say it again. In a vision, Paul saw a man. But the first person to receive the gospel Watch this. Not only in Philippi, but in Europe was a woman. It all started with a woman selling purple. Now, let me, if I could, give you the background on why this is so important, why this is so incredible. Because normally, whenever Paul went anywhere, he was always looking for other Jews and where they would gather. Where did the Jews normally gather? In a local synagogue, okay, or a local fellowship. That didn't happen in Philippi. And part of the reason that didn't happen in Philippi because biblical scholars contend that there weren't enough male Jews in the area to have a local synagogue. Because in order to have a local functioning synagogue, you needed at least 10 men to have one that submitted to the covenant of Abraham, right? So what we see is in Acts chapter 16, in the section we just read, Paul goes down to the river. Lydia and the other sisters were there on the Sabbath to worship and to have prayer. Paul sat down, talked to them, and as a result of Lydia hearing the gospel, Lydia received Jesus Christ she and her household was baptized and she begged Paul and his companions to stay she extended hospitality now this is what you got to understand about Lydia Lydia had some money okay Lydia was an entrepreneur and Lydia basically sold into the ministry that Paul was carrying forth as far as spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Lydia is a strong, powerful sister. A lot of folks don't talk about Lydia, but Lydia is the reason that the gospel begins is spread into Europe. Wow. Wow. Now, now I, I want you to understand that. For all of those people who want to bash sisters, particularly when it comes to the church and particularly when it comes to leadership and particularly when it comes to uh, the spread and the sharing of the gospel, we have right here a sister by the name of Lydia that is responsible for the gospel getting to Europe. I want you to catch that. All right? Because one thing that I love about the New Testament, that the New Testament list a whole lot of wonderful sisters of faith. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, uh, Anna, um, uh, Salome, uh, women that supported the ministry of Jesus. And, And we got to include Lydia in that list. Now, Lydia wasn't just happy to get Jesus for herself. Lydia wanted to make sure her household was good. All right? So, as a result of the household receiving Christ, basically, a new church is being birthed in Philippi. Now, watch this. Because Lydia, again, is a seller of purple dye. She's an entrepreneur. And Lydia was using her business As a place to evangelize souls, she was using the marketplace. She was not ashamed to let people know in the marketplace that she had accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior. Can you imagine that when folks were coming by, buying purple dye from Lydia so that they could uh, 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 color uh, their wool and things of that sort, that Lydia would be talking about Jesus Christ and the difference that Jesus Christ has made in her life. Can you imagine what would happen if we were to focus on leading one person to Christ at a time rather than trying to save the entire world? Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Lydia's a bad sister. She's a bad sister. Now, I'm setting this up to deal with Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, but it all starts with Lydia. It all starts with Lydia. Now, again, I want to remind you, remember, Paul saw a vision of a man, but it's a woman that helped spread the gospel. Okay? Okay? Paul saw a vision of a man, but it's the woman that helped spread the gospel. All right. Now, this is where we we really want to put down some rootage here. Because when you go through Acts 16, and I want us to lift up now, starting at verse 16, because something strange and interesting happened. When you look at verse 16 through 18, I want to share that with you. It reads like this. Now it happened as we went to prayer, the certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned to the Spirit and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, Drag them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, let's look at this for a moment. Because it is at Philippi that Paul and Silas gets in trouble. Now, let's back up because I want you all to see the track. And I want you all to see the track that women play. <laughs> as far as this gospel narrative is concerned paul sees a vision of a man saying come over to macedonia and help us when he gets to macedonia the help is not given to a man but to a woman by the name of lydia lydia then goes spread the gospel to her household she really becomes first convert of europe And it is from there that the gospel is spread throughout Europe. Her household gets saved. Paul and Silas and his other members of his party anchored down uh, at Lydia's place. They hang out there for a moment. Paul and Silas go out into the marketplace. There's a little girl that is possessed, and she follows Paul and Silas, and she cries out, These men are servants of the Most High God. They're proclaiming the way of salvation Paul gets annoyed by her word and says, "I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her." Now, why, why would Paul? Why would Paul get bent out of shape about this girl telling the truth about who they? were they were sharing that Jesus Christ is the way of salvation they were servants of the most high God why did Paul get bent out of shape about this girl putting them on blast by telling the truth by notice what I said by telling the truth about them okay it seemed like Paul became very upset. It wasn't that she was it wasn't what she was saying but it was who was saying it through her that was the problem. Watch this. Because the devil knows who the servants of God are. And the devil knows that Jesus Christ is the way. But Satan wanted these men of God to be seen as a fake, as a hoax, as fake news. So what Paul did was Paul called out that spirit of divination, of fortune telling out of her. And as a result of coming in contact with these men of God, this girl no longer could read crystal balls and palms. She was free from that spirit. Now, part of the reason that she is free from that spirit is by virtue of the fact that there were some men Profiting off of her. All right. You you, you had some men that were pimping her. Not sexually, but pimping her spiritually. They, They were pimping her. They were profiting from that spirit of divination because whenever she would tell a fortune, they got a cut. Now, they weren't telling any of the fortune. They were just getting the cut. They they weren't doing any of the divination, but they were getting the cut. And when Paul delivered her from the spirit of divination, what wound up happening is that she could no longer engage in that act of divination, but even deeper than that, it cut off the money trail or the money supply for those that were profited by it. So, those men were objectifying this woman, using her for the spirit of divination of being able to read crystal balls and palms, and now she couldn't do that. Boy, they got mad with Paul and Silas. they got mad with Paul and Silas. Now I, I-, I, want, I-, I want you to follow the floor there because all oh, this is set up for how Paul wound up in Philippi. If you look at verse 20 the verse 24 it reads like this, and they brought them to the mag- uh, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being good, Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they're teaching customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. Now, part of the reason they used that cliche, these men being Jews, were because the Jews were oppressed by the Roman Empire. They were considered less than. They were considered marginalized people. However, what they didn't know was that Paul was a citizen of Rome. Okay. They didn't know that Paul was a citizen of Rome, but they did consider what Paul was doing to be very troubling and they considered that what Paul was doing was not lawful for those that were Romans. Verse 22, and the multitudes rode up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So we move from a girl that has been delivered. Her masters were upset because Paul and silence in delivering her from that spirit of divination messed up their market. Isn't it amazing what folks would do when you mess with their money? All you just got to do is think about, you know, just, just think about what happened a couple of weeks ago. Nick Cannon made some interestingly comments about the Jews. And he wound up getting cut by Viacom as far as his show Wild and Out is concerned. But that wasn't his bread and butter. His bread and butter was the masked singer. And with his bread and butter being the mass singer, Nick Cannon comes back a few days later and apologizes for those remarks that he made. And he apologized, why? Because he knew his money was really getting ready to go south. It's, it's amazing what folks will do when you mess with their money. Okay? It, it, it's, it's very amazing what folks will do when you mess with With their money or their source of income. Very amazing. And so with these brothers, what they wound up doing was they wound up having Paul and Silas thrown in jail. Paul is in jail because he delivered a girl from the spirit of divination. He delivered a girl from being used By the enemy. Okay. Now, before Paul and Silas are thrown in jail, they're beaten within an inch of their lives. Okay. They're beaten within an inch of their lives. And so, they are thrown in jail. The jailer is told to watch them. And what I love about Paul and Silas is, what they did once they were thrown in jail. They're not just thrown in a particular prison cell. They're thrown into the deepest part of the prison. They are connected to the wall with handcuffs. They can't move. They can't go anywhere. They stuck like Chuck. Okay? They're in a deep, dark, desolate hole, and a jailer is told to watch them. But notice what they do. Look at verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake So that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison awakened from his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice and said, do yourself no harm for we all are here. I don't know who was in the jail at that night, but I do know that they heard prayer and praise going up to God. All right. The Bible says they began to pray and sing praises unto God. And that gives us a strategy on how to deal with the pains, the perplexities, and the perils of doing the work of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you got to learn how to give God a praise in your midnight situation when someone or something interferes with your mission. The Bible says that while they were singing, while they were praying, the other prisoners heard them. Verse 25, the other prisoners heard them. And they were blessed because a jail cell became a church house. Okay. Prisoners heard praise and prayer. The Bible says that God caused an earthquake to shake the very foundations of the prison, and that earthquake so shook the foundations until the cell doors of the prisons were opened and somehow the chains fell from those that were shackled. All right. One of the reasons for saying this, as far as those prison doors being open, because not only were Paul and Silas delivered, but everybody that was in that particular jail had their doors open and had their shackles loose. Everyone, all right, the Bible says all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose based on the prayer and the praise of two people. On the prayer and praise of Paul and Silas, In the Philippian jail, an earthquake comes, foundations are shaken, doors are open, all the doors are open. Everyone's chains had fallen off. They had an opportunity to leave. They had an opportunity to run. I don't know what kept them there. But somehow all of them remained in that jail cell because the jailer was getting ready to kill himself because he knew that if any of the prisoners escaped, his life would be on the line. So Paul had to Tell him, stay your hand. All of us are here. Nobody has gone anywhere. We're here. Now, watch what the jailer does. Watch what the jailer does. The jailer lights some torches. In his lighting the torches, verse 29, when he called for a light, ran in, And fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do in order to be saved? Paul and Silas said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and watched their wounds. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he fed them, he rejoiced with them, having believed in God with all his house. Now, a jailer gets saved because Paul and Silas winds up in jail because they delivered a sister who had been using the spirit of divination to help grow the pockets of some men that did not care about her as a person. But the sister who had the spirit of divination were exposed to the preaching and teaching of Paul because of an entrepreneurial sister by the name of Lydia who sat down and trusted and believed the gospel and somehow became what I would call the first European evangelist that helped spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now here's what I want you to understand. That even when God allows for trouble to come your way, God can still get glory out of your trouble when ministry goes forth. Even in the midst of trouble, God can still do ministry and mission. And I want to suggest that there are times when God allows for you to get in trouble so that you can do the work. Let me say that again. There are times when God will let you get in trouble so you can do the work because when you do the real work of ministry, there are times it leads to persecution. But that persecution really becomes an avenue for the work to go forth. So when you're doing the work of ministry, you got to remain focused and faithful because what God tends to do is that God gives lift to those of us who can keep it together in the storm and show others how to have hope when everything else is falling apart in their lives. The jailer comes to Jesus Christ because of the resolve and the faithfulness of Paul and Silas as far as their assignment was concerned, even in the midst of a jailhouse situation. All right. Let let me get ready to bring this on home because when we look at Verse 35, we see, and it reads like this, and when it was day, when the daytime came, this is after the jailer has taken them home. This is after the jailer has washed up their wounds. This is after the jailer has fed them. But more importantly, this is after the jailer and his family had received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The gospel is spreading. And when it was day, The magistrates sent the officer saying, Let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed, let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard they were Romans. Remember, I told you that Paul, better known as Saul of Tarsus, Tarsus is a Roman province, which basically means that Paul is considered to be a Roman citizen, which means that Paul should have had a hearing before he was ever thrown in jail. This is kind of the good trouble that the late John Lewis talks about. Good trouble as far as the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. Good trouble as far as standing up for the rights of others. Those magistrates had themselves in a pickle now. And they're very concerned. Verse 39, And they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. So Acts chapter 16 closes by telling the reader, that even in the midst of a prison situation, that Paul and Silas were productive. They met with a lot of the brethren in the city, and basically what winds up happening is that the church at Philippi is brought forth. Their missionary journey started as a vision but it ended up as victory for Paul and his companions. started out as a vision, but it ended up as victory. Okay? Wherever God gives you a vision, especially if it comes from God and not your own doing or making, What winds up happening is that God will ensure your victory. God will ensure that the purposes, the providence, the protection that God desires will come to pass. Okay. So the church at Philippi is born out of pain, struggle, and suffering thanks to a sister by the name of Lydia. Part of the pain occurs before they even get to Macedonia because Paul wanted to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit tells him no, and that caused him pain, but he is open then to the movement of the Spirit to go to Macedonia. There's one more passage of Scripture I want you all to look at. And that is Acts chapter 26. And if you could, go down to verse 32. And we'll wrap up. All right. Verse 32 and it reads like this, then Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Agrippa was looking forward to letting Paul go. But Paul wanted to go to Caesar. So in order for Paul to go to Caesar, he had to remain a prisoner. So when Paul writes the letter to the church at Philippi, Paul is not in his study. Paul is in jail. The book of the letter to the Philippians is one of the prison epistles. The other three prison epistles are Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. It is Agrippa, who was the king, that sends Paul to Rome to be tried by Augustus. So Paul wrote this epistle in Rome while he was a prisoner. And it's interesting that even though he is bound in prison, he wrote this letter that's filled with joy. When you begin to read Philippians, uh, all four chapters, you will see the theme of joy running throughout it. I don't know about anybody else. if I'm in prison I'm not right I would not want to be writing a letter of joy. I'd probably be writing a letter of lament and gloom and doom. but Paul is writing a letter of joy. okay He's writing a letter of correction. He's writing a letter of uplift. He's writing a letter of doctrinal instruction. And so when we begin to study the writings, of Paul, to the church at Philippians. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to see how to deal with correction. We're going to get a clear understanding of Christology. That's the doctrine of the personhood of Jesus Christ. And really understand who Jesus Christ is. And then we're also going to understand how Paul lets us know that wherever we are and whatever we're going through, when we know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of our sin, it brings us a level of satisfaction. Okay? Paul never would have come to those conclusions had he not gone to prison. And so as we unpack this in a very meaningful and in a very powerful way, I just want to impress upon you that when we study the book of Philippians, we're going to have a good time walking through that. But in order to appreciate the letter to the Philippians, you got to have an understanding of how Paul got there. And Acts chapter 16 and Acts chapter 26 and 27 helps us to understand how Paul really started unpacking this passage at Philippi- uh, to the Philippians, as well as how and why the church at Philippi got started. God does some of God's most amazing work in some incredible situations. In some circumstances that we thought nothing could be done. But when you allow for yourself to be placed in the sovereign hands of God, God has a way of taking what is trouble and transforming it into a moment of purpose so that you will emerge from that trouble with a testimony about who God is and what God can do in and through the person of Jesus Christ. And so when you read about Paul's letter to the Philippians, even though he is in prison, it couldn't rob Paul of the joy and of the faith that he had in Jesus Christ. Well, this concludes our time of, of study. Um, I'm going to ask that during the next several weeks that we are off, we will be coming back the first week in September, the first Thursday in September and so when we come back as far as the first Thursday in September uh, we're going to start in Philippians chapter 1 during this time that we are away as far as study is concerned I want to encourage you to read Philippians read the letters to the church at Philippi chapters 1 through 4 read that Ask your own questions. And when we come back together in September, we're going to unpack this in a very powerful, meaningful way. And we will go through the letter to the Philippians, just like we went through the letter to the Ephesians. Um, Very detailed, very in-depth, so that you can have even a greater appreciation for that. Thank you. Um, We're getting ready to close out as far as prayer is concerned. And as we prepare to close out as far as prayer is concerned, uh, before we do that, I want to encourage you, if you feel led to be a blessing as far as uh, Bible study is concerned, you are more than welcome to give an offering. Uh, We want to, again, encourage those who, do not have a job who have been furloughed, who have been laid off. Uh, If you don't have any income, we're not encouraging you to give. But for those that still have income, we want to impress upon you. Let us bear the infirmity of the weak of our brothers and sisters, the weakness of our brothers and sisters. As we move forward to close out this moment in prayer, um, I am asking that we will continue to lift up those that we know who are going through struggle uh, because of this pandemic, lift up those who have lost their job, lift up those who are dealing with COVID-19 as well as other ailments and illnesses. And we want to continue to lift up families who are experiencing loss uh, during this particular time. Uh, On tomorrow, we will be having funeral services for sister doris key and we want to lift that family in our prayers so let's go to the lord in prayer at this time god we prayed that this prelude to the letter to the philippians will serve as an appetizer as we prepare to study the letter to the philippians when we come back in september Praying right now, God, that you will um, allow for us during this break to read that particular letter, to read it with a sense of anticipation and joy. Right now, God, we come and we lift up those families who are struggling because of this pandemic, who have lost their jobs cause of this pandemic, who are dealing with COVID-19 and other ailments. We pray you will touch their bodies right now. We lift up the Key family who has experienced loss and will be burying Doris Key on tomorrow. We pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you will remind us that we can still have joy. And now, God, As we are being dismissed from this time of study, but never from your presence, keep us, bless us, encourage us, and help us to understand how each of us, when we open and avail ourselves to the movement of your spirit, become links in a long historical chain that allows for your word, your mission, and your ministry to go forth. When we share your gospel, with at least one person it's in the name of your son jesus christ we pray and in his name we claim it done amen god bless you all uh hopefully and prayerfully you will join us those that are disciples of our church this saturday at nine o'clock for our church conference virtually um we're asking that you will log on probably about eight forty-five. um The phone lines as well as that portal will be open starting at about 8.45 to give you time to to join us. Um, We will start promptly at 9 o'clock as far as uh, our church conference is concerned. We will give you the opportunity uh, for those that are disciples to see what we have done as far as last year is concerned, what we're doing right now, what we plan to do as far as the future is concerned, Uh, so we look forward to you joining us thank you God bless you I love you God loves you even more be safe and look forward to the next time that we're able to gather
0: what a time family thanks for staying with us I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist and here's what's happening with St. Paul Keep getting pumped, fam. See, I just put a jacket on so you won't. Anyway, your testimonials about your push to do better with your physical temple have been so inspiring. People all over Facebook and the world are watching us get St. Paul fit. Keep it up. Monday's uploads drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, just in time for an afternoon workout. So get your water and your towel, and let's continue to get St. Paul Fit. Turn Up Tuesdays with all of our Impact kids, youths, and their families is at 5 p.m. during this summer season. We want our young people and their families to stay connected. We know y'all are missing your children and your youth church buddies, so Reverend Peyton C. has been having a great time in our Impact 1401 ministry, and this party rocks on all summer long. Are you ready? Join us each Wednesday at 815 for a Quick Fifteen. A Quick Fifteen is a brief time to connect with Pastor Scott and the St. Paul family in prayer and devotion. Join us each Wednesday by dialing 425-585-7753 to participate and if you call in at 8 p.m. instead of 8:15, you'll be able to chat with the other St. Paul family members on the line before the call starts at 8:15 sharp. It is yet another way for us to stay together and connected as a family even during these socially distant times. So, we'll meet you on the line for a word and prayer on Wednesday. Pastor will be teaching us as we continue with our TNT Thursday noon, or Thursday night teaching. You can watch from YouTube, the church website, or even Facebook, or you can dial in by phone. So grab your Bible and notepad and study with us this Thursday in our power pack TNT teachings. July 25th is our church summit where Pastor Scott will share pertinent church information with the entire congregation. You do have to register to attend this closed meeting and we'll be checking your name against our membership information in the church database. So please contact the church office Monday through Friday if you have questions about your information showing up correctly. We want to make sure that you're included as a part of the St. Paul family as we move forward. The 2020 census has been extended to October 31st. The results of the census will help determine how hundreds of billions of dollars in federal funding, and we sure need it, flow into our communities each year for the next decade. That funding shapes so many different aspects of our community, no matter the size or location. Join me in taking a vital step to shaping our future and the future of our community. Go to 2020census.gov for more details and fill out the census form for every person who lives in your household. I've already done it. It took five minutes. Just go ahead and make yourself count. And that's what's happening. Please stay home and safe as we worship and fellowship together in a variety of ways. We do miss you and look forward to when we'll see you again in the house. In the meantime, you can check out the church website or contact the church office if you have any questions or need more details. Also, make sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, and YouTube. This has been your St. Paul News, and until next time, be blessed.